This morning, our scripture is from Haggai chapter 1, verses 2 through 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages, but only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. This is the word of the Lord. I'm giving you a moment to adjust. <laughs> when you arrived this morning, this is not the Bob you anticipated. See, Bob asked me to do this today, and now he has left the country. <laughs> they may be connected. I think when Adam gave Bill the scripture that I had him read this morning or ask him to read this morning. I I think maybe Bill was a little uneasy about it because after all, God gets a little, he gets a little anxious with the people, kind of calls them out. The passage we just heard from Haggai or Haggai or whatever, I don't know what his mom called him when she named him. It's from the clean pages in your Bible. Those are the pages you really don't go to very often. And this morning we're going to look at Haggai chapters 1 and 2. It's part of the backstory to Nehemiah that Bob and Dan have been telling us about. Nehemiah is about rebuilding Jerusalem today. It's all about the temple. The first of the Hebrews who were repatriated to Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity are the people that Haggai is dealing with. Haggai, Zerubbabel, who is a a governor of sorts, a a Hebrew, was allowed to come back too with them. The background on the temple is like this. David had come up with lots and lots of resources, but God said, you're not building my temple. Solomon's going to do it. So David comes up with all these resources for Solomon. Solomon then builds this temple, and it is magnificent. Even secular historians tell us how magnificent Solomon's temple was. And when non-religious people come to see your church, that's a big deal. Then, in 587 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians sacked the city of Jerusalem, carried away huge number of people as captives back to Babylon. 
And then they destroyed and looted Solomon's temple. They destroyed the altar. They stole the gold. They destroyed the temple completely, stone off of stone. And it's crushed the Hebrew people emotionally, spiritually, because their entire spiritual life was wrapped around a temple. You see, the temple, for them, represented where God lived. That was his place. So if you wanted to meet God, you needed to go to the temple. If you wanted to talk to God, you needed to go to the temple. If you're going to offer sacrifice for your sin, you needed to go to the temple. And now the temple's gone. They're devastated. Christ. I mean, how would you feel if you could no longer be in the presence of God. This was what they felt. Even to pray, they had to go to the temple. About 70 years after this sacking and looting of Jerusalem and the temple, King Darius allowed a remnant of the people, about 50,000, who had become inspired to try and rebuild the temple. He allowed them, along with Zerubbabel and others, to return and rebuild. They arrived at the destroyed city, and first of all, they needed to fix up places for themselves to live. And you heard what Bill read a minute ago. The prophet through God, or God through the prophet, I mean, called the people out. He said, hey, 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 hey. the people have said, uh, the time has not yet come to rebuild houses of the Lord. And God says, hey, wait a minute. Uh, You've been restoring your houses. I mean, after all, you had Chip and Joanna and the property brothers come in and fix it up for you. Okay? Well, my house remains in ruins. So God inspired the people through the prophet to begin rebuilding the temple. In verses 7 and 8 that Bill read, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty said. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains. Bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Go up to the mountain, cut some timber, come down, put them on, build the temple. Go up to the mountain, cut some timber, bring it down, put them in the temple, build it. Go up to the mountain, cut some timber. Simple stuff. I mean, there are no building codes they had to meet. Anything like that. Just go up to the mountain, get some timber, start stacking stuff. Use the rubble from the old temple that's been torn down. Use those stones and the timbers you bring down, the timbers you bring down from the mountain and stack them. Stone, timber, stone, timber, build my house so that I can take pleasure in it and be honored. So they got busy. They got busy working. They were really getting after it. And you know how long that lasted? 30 days. 30 days. It came time for one of their Jewish festivals, and they came together. People from all around, not just the people who were working on the temple, came together and they were looking around, and somebody said, Man, why did they put that there? I would have done it this way. I mean, let's face it, I don't think they've gotten very much done. And it looks awful. I mean, it really doesn't look like a temple at all. It just looks like a bunch of stones and timbers, you know. Pitiful compared to the temple that we had. People complaining about the work that other people were doing. People complaining about the work that other people had done. 
And the people doing the building said, okay, I'm done. I'm out of here. You're going to complain about what I've done. I just quit working. That ever happened to you? Huh? That ever happened to you? You're working on something and people complain about what you have been doing when just like the little red hen, nobody else lifted a finger to help. People complain because you're doing something and you're not doing it the way they want it done. So they come tell you how to do it. (laughs) You can either join me in doing it (laughs) or you can go away. Don't tell me how to do it and then walk away, okay? Or or even better, have, have you done that? About somebody else's work that they're doing? I don't know why Adam chose that song for this morning. Ever heard that, Adam? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about other days. <laughs> that happens, doesn't it? It happens. How about this? You start a project and you're not happy with the progress. Diet is a good example of that. You know, you get inspired to go on a diet and it goes on, you know, three, four weeks, a month, two months, and you get on the scales and it's like, hmm, not the progress I anticipated. And then somebody has a birthday party and it's gone. Okay? You just quit. You give up because you're not seeing progress. Or maybe you're inspired for some kind of ministry. You have a passion for it. And you're really enthused and and you share it with other people. And nobody else really seems to get on board. They're not joining you. And after a while, when you're not seeing much happening, you just give up and walk away. God called, called to the people and said, okay... I realize you're discouraged and and you're complaining and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, Looking at what you've been building, he says, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you? Does it seem like nothing? Yeah, that's one of the reasons we're discouraged. You see, that's where our discouragement comes from. A lot of us, we, we don't see the progress we want or we compare it to something else. We compare what we're doing to something else. They were comparing the stone and timber, stone and timber that they were building for the temple there with Solomon's temple. The magnificence of Solomon's temple, that's never going to work. Generally, there are two sources for our discouragement in life, discouragement with our spiritual life, discouragement with other things in our life. And those two, two causes of discouragement are, one, we're not seeing the progress that we thought we should see or that we anticipated seeing, or we are comparing it to what we thought was going to happen. Not seeing progress and comparisons. That's what causes our discouragement. When we compare ourselves to anything but what God has for us to do, we're going to be discouraged. And we get discouraged when we see what other people are doing. You know, our work is no, not going the way we thought it was, but we're looking at what somebody else is doing, and oh my goodness, it's just exploding, going everywhere, and, and ours has lack of progress, and it's like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. See, the Hebrews in Jerusalem were working. They were building. They were doing what they were supposed to do. They were going to the mountain, cut some timber, bring it down, build my house so that I can be honored and have pleasure in it. 
They're taking stones from the rubble of the old temple and stacking with timber. Stone and timber, stone and timber, stone and timber. That's all they're doing. Actually, that's all they were supposed to do. They weren't supposed to be doing anything else. Just stone and timber, stone and timber. Somebody went, man, those are heavy. And this is not very high. But we haven't got very much done. And all we're doing is stacking stone and timber and stone and timber. And God says, that's how it's supposed to go. And the people whine and go, but it's taking so long. We start projects at church. We start projects in our life. And when it doesn't immediately explode into the vision that we have for it, we, we get discouraged and we go, ah, well, let's do something else. Ever happen? Maybe. It's not happening on your timetable or to your expectations. You give up or you complain. We get discouraged instead of focusing on what God has for us to do. God says, just do this. Stone and timber, stone and timber, stone and timber. Build my house. I'll have pleasure in it and be honored. Instead of doing stone and timber, though, (laughs) we we see the lack of progress. and, And we try to look at the big picture. And when the big picture doesn't look right, we try to adjust the big picture. And when we can't adjust it the way we want to, we walk away. Happens in our spiritual life. And we say, God, that's not how I want to go, God. That's not how I want to grow, God. That's not how I want to be, God, because I want to be God. God says, stone, timber, stone, timber, just put it in place. Take what you have, what I have given you, the passion I have encouraged you to have, and just do the things I've asked. Let me worry about the other stuff. Now, maybe you thought you would be in a different place than you are right now. Maybe there's some, some sin in your life. And when you just think you've got it in check, you can't seem to get away with it, get away from it. Maybe you aren't where you thought you would be or where you should be spiritually. None of us are. And you get discouraged and you just stop trying. Or as a congregation, we compare the church today or what's happening in the church today or where the church is going today with something else, usually in the past. The church in 1950, the church in 1960 was great in 1950 and 1960, but it doesn't work in 2022, okay? The message never changes, but sometimes the process needs to change some. God would say to us, let's do stone and timber, stone and timber. And there's a way to get past this discouragement of not happening the way we want it to happen. And God says that in chapter 2 of Haggai. He says, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Zehozadak, a high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord Almighty. You might want to write that down in case you didn't get those steps. Be strong and work. Be strong and work. Be strong and work. 
okay? It's not going the way I thought it should go, God. I wonder if I'm doing things right, God. God says, be strong and work. Remember 30 days ago when I told you to go up the mountain, bring down some timber, build my house so I can have pleasure in it and be honored? It didn't turn out the way I thought it would. God says, be strong and work. It doesn't look like the old temple. That doesn't matter. Be strong and work. People are criticizing everything I do in the church and everything I do around here. That's okay. Be strong and work. The people say, God, what am I supposed to do? God says, I already told you that. Go to the mountain, bring down some timber, build my house. Be strong and work. Well, isn't there some prayer I could pray to encourage me, God? God said, yeah, that's a good idea, but you could also be strong and work. Isn't there some shortcut, some way I could build this whole thing faster? Yeah, you could try, but it won't work. Focus on me, be strong and work. I already told you what to do. Stone and timber, stone and timber, stone and timber. Now, this is the beginning of the good part. You don't have to be strong by yourself. You're not working by yourself. Listen to what God said again. He said, be strong, all you people of the Lamb, because I am with you, declares the Lord. All you people of the land, be strong, because I am with you. I don't have to be strong on my own. You don't have to be strong on your own. The work is not done on your own. The work is not done by yourself. God is working in and with and through you. Be strong and work, God says, because I am with you. Be strong and work, doing the work God has for you, not the work that God has for someone else. Not the work God has someplace else. If he wants you there, he'll get you there. Not what some other church or some other congregation is doing. Be strong and work the work that God has for you to do, God has for us to do. And, and we're like Peter talking to Jesus when they were having a fish breakfast and Peter asks about John. We, we say, well, what about that person over there and what they're doing and how good that looks and everything? And, and God would say to us, what does that have to do with you? Be strong and work the work God has given you to do. But I don't have the ability. I don't have the knowledge. <laughs> Did God say, go get the knowledge and the ability first and then come back and work? No, he said, be strong and work. Last week, Dan talked to us about and pointed out how the people worked outside of their comfort zone to rebuild the sections of the wall. They came together as community for the work that God had for them to do. Be strong and work. Be strong in me, God says. Stone, timber, stone, timber. Just put it into place, piece by piece. Let God do the rest of it. Let God what's, fix what's wrong with us. Let God what, fix what's wrong with them, whoever your them is. God said, I am with you. You're not alone. Be strong and work. And it gets even better. In chapter 2, verse 9, God says this. And, and every time I read this, it's like, whoa. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I got chapter 2, verse 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The glory of this present house, this thing you're building, stone, timber, stone, timber, stone, timber. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory 
of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord God Almighty. Listen to that. People say, we don't have the resources David had. We don't have the craftsmen David had. Or that Sol- we don't have the resources Solomon had from David. We don't have the craftsmen that Solomon had. How will this be greater? God isn't pointing to a building. God is pointing to the Messiah. It is all about the temple. The real temple God is building is inside you, is inside me. This whole thing is about Jesus. He is the temple. First Corinthians, Paul puts it this way. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? What God is calling us to build, stone and timber, stone and timber, be strong and work, is the temple that he has within us. God built a temple that lives inside you. He's building a temple that is so much greater and so much more important than the building that Solomon put up. He's building a temple in the the person of Jesus. You don't have to go to Jerusalem to be where God lives anymore. He lives in here. You don't have to go to the temple in Jerusalem to pray. You can pray anywhere, anytime. Because the temple is in you. You don't have to go offer sacrifices because Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice once and for all for any who would trust, believe him, and accept that sacrifice. And God says, you know what? That's enough. That's good. We get to approach the temple on a daily basis because the temple is inside you. We have this power inside of us that is greater than anything that is in the world. You see, Solomon's temple and that that poorly rebuilt temple and even the temple that Herod kind of restored and, and made even bigger, that was just a place. Just a placeholder for God. Something that reminded people of God. The temple he built is in you. Jesus came and stood in that refurbished temple. And he looked around and he said, tear this down and I'll build it in three days. And the people said, well, what are you talking about? It took years and years to build this. And Jesus said, you don't get it. Get rid of all that stuff. Throw it away. You see the stone and timber and stone and timber. Be strong and work that God is talking about. It's those things within the temple within us. Those attitudes and values and motives of Jesus. Stone and timber. Mercy and grace. Generosity. Encouragement. Compassion. You want more? Go to Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience. Those are the stones and timbers that God wants us building the house that's within us so that he can take pleasure in how we grow and go spiritually so that he can be honored by those people who see that we are seeking to the best of our frail human ability 
to live the attitudes and the values and the motives of Jesus. Stone, timber, stone, timber, stone, timber. Be strong in work. Put a stone down that reflects Jesus to others. Place a timber that shows grace and mercy to others. We are working with God, building the temple inside. Stone, timber, stone, timber, building and strengthening the attitudes and the values and the motives of Jesus in our life. This is the work. Those are the stones and timbers. It's all about the temple of Jesus in you. Building that temple. Building his house so that he can take pleasure in it and be honored. Bow with me, please. Lord, we get frustrated with our own lack of spiritual development (laughs) because we're not very good at it but you are magnificent show us each day Lord attitudes values the stones and timbers of the attitudes and values of our Savior Jesus that we might build a temple that you place in us and that we grow to be the people you've called us to be. Amen.